Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But then he goes on, verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image. And say this part with me right here. Say, from glory to glory. Say it again. Say, from glory to glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit that he just talked about, the Spirit that he just said brought freedom, is the same Spirit that's taking us from glory to glory. And, and the, the Amplified, I, I, I like the Amplified, I've said it many times because it just kind of flushes things out for us. I love the way that it states this scripture. It says we're constantly being transfigured or transformed into his own image and from one degree of his glory to another. From one degree of glory to another. I'm here to preach to somebody just for a few minutes a day and tell you God's not done with you yet. Did you hear me? Let me say that again. He's not done with you yet. I don't care if you're 75 years old. He's not done with you yet. I don't care if you just walked in, don't know Dan from Beersheba and Jesus from Moses. God's not done with you yet. I, I've got a feeling that the Lord wants to do something in this house. Avery, you had a word of the Lord. God wants to do something in this house. There's a miracle locked up in the house. There's breakthrough up, uh, locked up in the house, and we just got to let it loose. And I'm going to tell you how it's going to happen. It's going to happen by everybody realizing that there is another degree of glory that God wants to reveal in my life. There's another step for you to take here today. Everybody, turn around to three people and say, that includes you, honey. Come on, tell them. Everybody in this house, God would love it if you would get out from where you are and step up to the next degree of his glory in your life. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you're going through. God's got glory for you in this house. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I don't care the, the circumstances that you're walking through. The glory of the Lord is in this house. It is tabernacled in this place for the purpose of moving you from where you are at to the destination that he has for you right now. Amen. Say, God's got destination for me. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord, for your word. Now, Lord Jesus, confirm your word with signs following. God, I pray, Lord, that every heart would be open to hear what your word has to say, Lord Jesus, and not only that, but would be changed by it. And we give you praise and honor in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Let me preach to you for a minute as you're be seated. Let me preach to you your next degree of glory, your next degree of glory. You can be seated in Jesus' name. If you look up the term glory. To the Hebrews, they had one word that they used primarily. There were other words that they used, but when it came to God's glory, they always used the word kavod. And that word to them just literally means heavy. It was the best way that they could describe the glory of God around them when they experienced it. Heavy in the term of worth something and worthfulness. 
the, the others would, would say that the glory of God is not just, uh, not just a feeling or an experience, but it is him. It is his moral attributes. It is the infinite perfections of God. It is his presence. Has anybody ever felt the presence of the Lord? It is the presence of his divine being. And not only that, but his presence in a way that it's manifested. Or his presence in a way that you can see it. You can observe it or observe its working among you. And the, the overflow of his presence. The glory of God is him. The glory of God is his presence, especially in a form that you can see. Everybody say, God is his glory. It's not something that's second place. It's not something that's second nature. It's not something that follows behind. It is him, his presence. He is his glory. The children of Israel, they saw it. They saw it for themselves. It came down as a cloud upon Mount Sinai. It shook them to their core to see that cloud just cover so much so that they backed up away from the very mountain itself because of how they felt when they saw the glory of God. Scripture said it would just appear to them. It was visible. Exodus tells us it was like a devouring fire. He showed his glory, God did, over the tabernacle of, of, of Moses for the children of Israel. It was showed by a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire by night. He showed his glory. His glory by manna falling from the sky every morning, appearing on the ground. And in his provision, he declared and demonstrated his glory among his people. He showed his glory to the children of Israel by water coming out of a rock when they were thirsty and didn't have anything to drink. In fact, the New Testament writer would tell us that rock was Christ himself. Come on, where's my Bible readers at? He showed his glory in the water and the rock. He demonstrated his glory all even throughout the Old Testament. Impossible military victories for his people. Prophets saw it. Kings saw it. Solomon built a temple and he dedicated it to the Lord. And in the midst of the great worship that he had orchestrated, the Bible says the glory of the Lord filled that house so that the priests could not even go in and minister because of the heaviness and the weight and the glory of God that filled that house. Ezekiel saw it in his visions. He said, when I saw a vision of the, of the temple of God, I saw it filled with his glory. Isaiah saw it in the year that King Uzziah died in Isaiah chapter 6. Anybody remember reading that? He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train, his glory, filled the temple. God's glory has been demonstrated all throughout Scripture. Well, what about the New Testament, Pastor? Well, John summed that up for us. He said the word was made flesh and it dwelt among us. It tabernacled among us. His glory wrapped itself in flesh. And John said, and we beheld him. We actually saw him, his glory, as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Another writer said that Jesus was the brightness of the glory of God. When the writers in John decided they were going to talk about John, talk about the miracles and Jesus' ministry, 
ministry beginning. He said he started to do, to do miracles in Cana of Galilee, and in doing so, he began to manifest his glory. God would show his glory, then demonstrate it through power and demonstration. People would be healed because the glory of God was walking on the face of the earth. People's blind eyes would be open because the glory of God was on the earth. People would get up that were dead and they would live again because not even death can sit and ignore the glory of God. I'm just fixing to tell somebody God's glory is magnificent. It is powerful. Even his enemies, the officers that would try to take him, they said, never a man spake like this man. His very words, the truth out of his mouth revealed his glory. Even now, when God occupies a place, his glory is unmistakably mistakenly evident. You can't walk into the glory in the presence of God and not know where you're at. You may be here and not understand what you feel, but you can't deny what you feel. You can't deny what's in this house. His glory is here. You walk smack dab into the presence and the power and the glory of God. Somebody say his glory. Even now, God makes a difference. Today in this worship service, moments of prayer, moments of praise, the glory of the Lord is here. If you're trying to avoid God's glory, good luck. If you're trying to get out of here with God's glory affecting you, it's going to be a hard thing to do. It's going to be a tough thing to fight because his glory is everywhere. In fact, I would dare say that even when you walk out, his glory is going to hunt you down. Because the Bible said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And that his glory fills all the earth. You can't escape it. Everything you see out there is declaring the glory of God. And listen, I'm going to tell you, you want the glory of God in your life. The glory of God changes you from a wretch and it changes you from one that's lost. And it changes you from one that's hurting. Come on, is there anybody right now? Is there anybody that say, I know what he's talking about. I remember a life before the glory of God. I remember a life when there was no hope, but then the glory of God came down. The glory of God came into my life and things have never been the same. You want the glory. Come on, is there anybody hungry? It's happening everywhere. Is there anybody hungry for the glory of God? I'm not talking about a bunch of fake emotionalism. I'm talking about the power and the presence of God that makes you different. Somebody say amen. We want his glory. Now, I'm not sure you can add to it, and I'm pretty sure you can't take away from it. But you can't acknowledge it. And you can't experience it. And you can't see it. We ask him for it in the form of the supernatural to feel him, to watch him move spiritually, for miracles to happen for his glory, for signs to be shown for his glory, for wonders to be present for his glory. It seems his definite desire for his glory to be more than just experience, but from what I read in our text, it seems to me that God wants his glory to be shown and manifest in people. That he wants to do more than just say, let me show you what I can do around you. 
Let me show you what, I can, what kind of miracles I can do around you. Let me tell you. I told you last week, the greatest miracle that God will ever do is when his glory is made manifest in a person. When his spirit is poured in to a person. But when Paul began to talk about this idea of God's glory being in us, he said he, he reached back to Moses. Remember Moses? Moses One of the few of the children of Israel that walked in that glory cloud, that walked in the presence of God to the tune of when he came out of it, the Bible says there was a glow on his face that unnerved everybody around him to the point where they said, you got to put a veil over your face or something because we're so uncomfortable with the glory that's on you. The Bible says it was even fading. It wasn't even at its strongest, but it was fading and a fading glory of God made them so nervous that they need. He said, you got to put a veil over your face. And Paul reached back to that story in 2 Corinthians 3 and he said, there's still people that want to veil the glory of God. They don't want to see all that. Even with all the benefits of the glory of God, Paul said there's still folks that want to hide themselves from it. He cited the children of Israel. They want the, that they were wanted to be close enough to see and maybe even feel the effects, but not gaze themselves. Veiled from the word. Veiled from his works. Doesn't that remind you of maybe even some today? I believe it does because Paul said that in whom the God of this world, that there are people who, have, who they have, their minds have been blinded, which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I'm here to declare to you today, if you're sitting there and saying, no, I just, I don't know if I want all that. I'm telling you, God wants you to take off the veil. He wants you to take off the governor and to step into the full presence and the glory of God. I'm telling you, nothing else is gonna make a difference in your life. If we could put on a good enough experience in this place, if we could, I'd do it. I'd spend every dime this church has to make an experience glorious and wonderful. I'd put every light I could put in here. I'd make the the sound, the music. I'd hire better than you. I'd do whatever I could if I thought experience and what we could do could make a difference in somebody's life. But I've come to realize there's only one thing that changes people and that's the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the glory of God. And I'm so excited to report to you that glory is in here. That glory is present. It is here today to make a difference in you. Somebody say amen. See, God wants to take the veil off of you. Paul said that this glory is not just something to be witnessed on the outside. He said it's in the believer. But that the Holy Ghost is trying on everybody, for everybody, to move you forward, to being more and more like him. But we all, everybody say we all, with unveiled face. We behold, like in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. And we're being transformed into the image that we see. See, that's the problem. There's a lot of folks that get overwhelmed with looking in the mirror. Because when you look into the face and the presence and the glory of God, and you look at the difference between you and what you see in the mirror of God's word, you say to yourself, how could I ever 
How could it ever be like what this says? How could things change to be like that? You see what I am. You know what I am, Lord. How could that ever be? But that's where Paul said, look, don't you get frustrated because you don't do this in one step. You don't do this in two steps. He said, here's what's happening. We are constantly being transformed. We're going from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. Can I give some testimonies of some folks that are in this house? I know they look good. Chris, you look good, but you were a mess, brother. You were a mess, but God has done a work in you. And let me tell you, it was more than one step. It was several steps. There were several degrees of glory that man had to walk through. And such are the testimonies of people all across this congregation and all across the kingdom of God. We didn't get here because we were talented. Nobody got there because they were better than somebody else. They got there because they submitted themselves to the glory of God. And when God finds a hungry person, he'll pour out his glory. He'll pour out his power. He'll pour out his healing. Somebody say, I want it. I want the glory of God. Step by step. One degree of glory to another. It points back to the psalmist in Psalms 84 and 5 that says, blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Not in himself, but in you. Who's decided, I'm not going to do this by myself. I can't be what God wants me to be through my own merit and talent. I've got to do it through him whose strength is in the Lord. You whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. This story and this, this, this scripture refers to the journey to the temple of worship in Jerusalem, to be in God's presence and have relationship with him. They would sing songs and they would worship God in their journey every year to go and pilgrim to the, the holy temple in Jerusalem to worship God in the Old Testament. They would sing songs and one of the songs they sang was, oh blessed is the man whose strength is you whose heart is set on a pilgrim and then they go on and here's what happens to that man. Here's the promise of those that said my strength in the Lord he will go from strength to strength. He's going to walk from strength to strength. It almost sounds like what James says, you draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you I'm trying to tell you very simply today. I don't care where you're at, who you are, what you're going through. You've got a next degree of glory that God wants to perform in you right now. Not tomorrow, not next month, not next week. But God has something for you to step into and step up to right now. Let me ask you today. You answer in yourself. What's your next degree of glory? What's the next thing that has to happen to you? Chances are I'm not the first voice that came to your head about this. I, I'm not naive enough to think that somehow I've just got a plumb line to heaven and God's never spoke to you. No, the reason why I'm saying this is because he's already spoke to you. Because he's already spoken to you and, and said to you and you've still heard voices and felt the urge and, and you know and you felt conviction and know there's something else that I've got to do. Could I remind you that God is not slack concerning his promises and he just waits for somebody to say, I don't care what it is, how it happens. I've got to have that next degree of glory in my life, in my ministry. I don't care what it is. If you've repented of your sins, you need to be baptized. 
If you've been baptized, the Holy Ghost is a promise for you. If you've got the Holy Ghost, God's got another step and another step and another step. I'm telling everybody right now, there's a degree of glory that showed up on a Sunday for you. Where's God leading you? Where's the Spirit leading you? Where's that, 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 that conscience trying to take you to? While you ponder on that, let me just remind you of a couple things. The first thing is this. God's glory is for his purpose, not your pleasure. You ponder, I'll drink. His pleasure, his purpose, not your pleasure, not your purpose. You see, the glory of God does not come to your life to amaze you. Who does God need to impress? And it definitely is not me. He's not here to impress you and woo you into believing you. No, no, no. God's glory doesn't come to amaze you. It comes to move you. And we're in a generation that wants in many ways God to do tricks. Just meet our needs. We just need a superhero that fixes the worst of our humanity. Not even all of it. But the worst of our humanity and our circumstances. But we must realize this. That his glory is not for him to move you. It's for us to move for him. In the Old Testament, this is about, the, remember that cloud I told you about? That stood over the tabernacle. And here's the one thing they were instructed. When you see that cloud move, you pack everything up and you follow the cloud because the cloud has the strategy, the cloud has the, dec- the, the, the destination, the cloud has the plan. It's the glory, it's the presence, it's the spirit of the Lord. Listen, there's a reason why God wants to reveal degrees of glory in you because he's the one with the plan. He's the one with the strategy. There's a place he's trying to take you. And God sent a preacher to tell somebody, you better take a look at the cloud because if it starts moving, you gotta move with it because there is nothing that'll ever replace the glory of the Lord in your life. Come on, somebody. Come on, hear the word of the Lord. The cloud is moving. The pillar of fire is moving. I don't care if it moves in the day or it moves in the night. If the spirit's gonna move, I'm gonna follow it. The thing I gotta tell you is this, and this is gonna hurt, get ready. Brace for impact. More of God's glory means less of you. He said he moves us from one degree of glory to another. Doing what? What is this doing for us? Transforming us. To what? His image. Like him. You will never get more glory being more like you. You're never going to get more of God leading you, nor more God of taking you places, more of God healing and, and meaning that you're never going to get more of him by seeking more of you. Because every degree, there's a little less of me that falls away. 
every degree, whatever progress I've made in my spiritual life, here's what I'll tell you. The only way it was made is when Brad put himself on the altar and God was able to birth more glory inside of him. Can I get a witness in this house? The only way. You say, I want to do great things for God. Yeah, listen, you're in good company. God wants you to do great things for him, but it's not going to be through you. It's going to be through him. It's going to be that extended glory that he places in your life. Somebody say another degree of glory. You can't forget this is not our glory. This is his glory. It is not us. This is him. Because some things only happen and only get you to his glory. There's some things that God places in your life and that is the only way that you're going to get to the next degree of glory that he has for you. What do you mean? Well, listen to what the words say. The words say that he will take us from glory to, everybody say to. Glory to glory. And then Psalm said strength. What's the second word? To. Same word. Strength to strength. Glory to glory. Strength to strength. Two looks like a middle to me. Looks like maybe there's something between the glories and between the strengths. Can I get a testimony? Has anybody ever been between strengths? Anybody been between glories? Come on, help somebody on next to you right now. There's been a two at times between my glories. There's been a two at times between my strengths. Now, it's always, I can tell you this, it's always worked out. God's always had the upper hand, but I've been through some twos. Does anybody know what I'm talking about right now? There's been some times where I've looked through and said, why in the world, God, would I be in this? And God said, don't worry about it, Brad. You're just in a two. You, you, you. I remember how good you've been, God. You, you blessed me. You've taken all this, and it's been wonderful. Why is this happening right now? And only to hear the voice of God say, you just hold on, my child, because everything that you're going through, I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to work it from your good. I didn't go back on my promise. I've not changed my word. You're just between strengths. You're just between glories. And you may have to walk through a two, but listen to me. The God that was in the strength is the God that's in the two. And the God that was in the glory is in the God that's in the two. Infers, the two infers a path, a process. And in between, are you sure you want to go to God's glory? The Bible said that one day Jesus passed by and he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, Master, there's got to be a reason for this. Obviously, somebody has done something very bad for this one to be born blind. Who sinned? And they even had options. Isn't it wonderful when you give a God options? Now, we know it's this, God. It's either, it's either him or his parents. Who did it? And Jesus said, neither one. And then he, he put this hard truth, this hard truth in front of them and said, this man was born blind that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Now, that's not an answer anybody wants to hear. Can I be honest? I don't want to hear that. 
I want to hear how good you are, God. I want to hear how blessing, how much blessing you're going to pour in my life. I want to hear about the, the supernatural, wonderful blessing of destiny. I want to hear all the good stuff. Anybody like God's good stuff? I like God's good stuff. I like when he blesses me. I like when there's more than enough. I, I like when hell, I have health and not sickness. I like the good stuff of God. I don't like answers when God says, there's some things that you're going to go through just so I can work in you. There's some things that you're going to walk through just because the only way that I'm going to get my glory out of it is if you walk through it. So listen, here's what happens. You either got to rebel and stay in your mess or decide the glory that got me here is the glory that will take me through. Listen, there's a word of the Lord that says, this and we know and we know I wonder if there's anybody in this house that knows that all things work together I wonder if there's somebody walking through a two right now that could stand to your feet and say no I don't even know what glory looks like anymore I'm in the middle of the, of the process in between but here's one thing I know I know I know I know that all things work together for the good of them. All things work together for the good of them, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Woo! That'll get you to glory. I said, that'll get you to glory. That'll get you right through the valley of the shadow of death. That'll turn the valley, the valley of weeping into the valley of dancing. That'll turn all of your sorrows into joy. That'll turn all your mourning into dancing. I'm telling you, there's something powerful that when you're going through it, you can still praise God. Why? Because I'm not meant to stay here. I've got a glory that I'm going to. Man. But that's not the end of what Paul said there in Romans. He said, we know this. Everybody say, we know. And then he goes on to explain. He said, for whom he knew, for knew he also predestined. For the, he, he, he saw you coming. He saw a church coming that would move from glory to glory. And he said, I saw him. And, and I, I already got a plan. I predestined. I laid this plan out. Everybody ready? What's the plan? To be conformed. I'm at the good part here. That's my plan, God said. To be conformed into the image of his son. That Christ might be the firstborn, listen, among many brethren. He said, I, I, I'm not just going to bring my glory to the earth. I'm going to birth my glory into many brethren. I've got this plan. And then he went on. He said, and those that he had predestined, he's also called. And those that he called, he's justified and said, I know they didn't deserve it. And I don't know they're not worthy, but I'm just going to count them right. And I'm going to apply my blood. And I'm going to give them my spirit. And then those, he said, that are justified, Wait for it. Are you ready? These he also. 
This is the best part. I said he glorified them. God's destiny for you is his glory. He didn't call you just to put a notch in his belt. He called you. He saved you. He's reaching for you because he wants his glory, not just in the earth, but in men, in people. Come on, stand to your feet and give him praise right now. Come on, the glory of the Lord is in this house right now. God's got a plan. He saw you coming. He's got another degree of glory to pour out in you today. Say glory. It's by no mistake. Paul never makes mistakes. At least he doesn't think he did. Paul, on purpose... And we take, not so much out of context, just, we just use this with a lot of liberty. Or that spirit. That's the Lord. The Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. And man, we use that all over the place, don't we? We use that at a bake sale. Well, where the Spirit of the Lord is. It doesn't matter. We like that verse. And it's true. Wherever God shows up, there's freedom. But I want to remind you where this scripture fits in with Paul's dialogue. Paul's talking about the glory that God wants to take you to. The glory, the next degree of glory that God wants to take you. And before he tells you that, he said, the Lord, I'm about to tell you about a work of the Spirit in your life. But you understand this, the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Why would he say that? Here's my, just, just my analysis. Because I think he knew he was about to say something that we find hard to believe for us. That somehow the God of all the universe would show his glory in me. That somehow his glory would happen to me. But Paul was careful to tell us freedom is present with the work of the Spirit. Let me just put it in my terms today. You are free to go to your next degree. I'm telling everybody in this house, there is freedom. There is freedom from your anxiety, freedom from your apprehension, freedom from your thoughts, freedom from your ideas about what God can do or not do, freedom from your presumptions about what God's going to do today. There is freedom and liberty in the Holy Ghost. And God says, all I need is a hungry heart that'll step into their next degree of glory in their life. Not every step is a large one. But even small steps have large impact. Everybody say degree. Do you know how much a degree on a map is? It starts at one point. But the further out it gets, it can change a destination. Actually, it's, it's a difference of 364,000 square feet. One degree. On a map, 69 miles, God can change you. You say, oh, come on, pastor. I've had altar calls before. One moment, I'm kneeling at altar, one moment. 
You're telling me that one sermon, one moment, one service is going to change my life? Oh, I ought to get the mic. I ought to get it as people get up here and testify about the one moment they spent at an altar that changed them forever. I ought to get some folks up here and talk about the one moment that God healed their body and changed them forever. I ought to get some folks up here and talk about the one moment where people turned away from literally years of addiction and prison and God in one moment. It did nothing against anything else, but it wasn't a program. It was a moment. It was a small step. It was one one degree and we got people that are walking 180 degrees different because they let God keep moving and they let God keep working and one degree of glory again by one degree of glory again their lives are unrecognizable to what they were when they initially surrendered to God and just said I want this glory I wonder if there's somebody today, I wonder if there's everybody today that needs the next degree of glory in your life. Why don't you help yourself and help somebody else step out of the aisle. Come on down to an altar of prayer. Make a step, make a step. I don't care how small it is. Just come talk to God. If you want nobody to bother you, nobody to bother you. If you say, I can't come down there, then right there, right there in your seat. Right there where you're at. Come on. Shout it from your seat. I want the next degree. I want the next degree of your glory, Lord. You're transforming me. My face is unveiled. I'm going to stop trying to hide from your glory and all that it wants to do in my life. Oh, Jesus, I'm taking off the veil. I've had governors on for a while, Lord, and I'm just ripping this off of my face. I want to see you, God, unveiled face to face with your glory and your power. I don't care what happens. I don't care how you do it, God. If you got to walk me through something in between my glory, in between my strength, I'll walk through what i got to walk through. But, Father, I've got to have that glory. I've got to have that glory in my life. Come on, that's it. Open your mouth. Reach out to Him. Show it to me, Lord. Show it to me. Come on. All over this house. Don't even, don't care about who's around you. Cry out for His glory. I need you, Jesus. Come on, it's not going to stay the same. I said, it's not going to stay the same. You're not stuck. You're not stagnant.